Pod Only Knows is a Cage Club podcast. For other smart podcasts on culture, pop, and otherwise, go to cageclub.me. You can contact us via email at pok at cageclub.me. You can find me on Twitter at probablyrealjb. And you can find me at kelly underscore j underscore baker. And you can find the show on Twitter at podonlyknowspod. The show is written and produced by us. Welcome to Pod Only Knows. I'm John Brooks. And I'm Kelly Baker. And Kelly, how are you? Uh, it's it's officially we're in the new year now, so now we have to check on whether or not uh, we have we have kept up with our new New Year's uh, <laughs> non resolutions that we that, that, that we didn't make. Uh, no, we are uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about. Yeah. So so um, last time you talked about your exercise bike, and we talked a little bit about yeah, uh, yeah. New Year's resolutions, and also interestingly, just to tie it all together, I I, I recently watched an episode of The Simpsons. Uh, my daughter oh, yeah? wants to start watching The Simpsons, so I watched an episode of The Simpsons about Marge getting. It wasn't called Peloton; it was like something else, but with a different letter. <laughs> Like it was obviously Pel- Peloton. Like it was like Pat Pallet. I don't know. Right. It was something clever, right? And uh, and how she falls like victim to this like charlatan <laughs> kind of like cult oh, leader no guy, and uh, and ignores the rest of her life and like becomes uh, a a slave to her Peloton and her like digital uh, whatever whatever guy. So I, I, I thought it would be interesting to explore that avenue a little bit, um, because a lot of people do talk about this idea of like Peloton as a cult and, um, and, and, and sort of the overlap between like cult behavior and also like fitness obsession and that sort of thing. And some of these new um, fitness regimes. So we're going to, we're going to, we're going to look at that today. Uh, before we do, uh, what is, what is your good news? Oh gosh, I struggled with this one today um, because we. I know we've it's had been, a week it's been, of like it's been rough where you are. Yeah, it's been, yeah, like a bad a week of bad weather and tornadoes and um, out of school and you know here it's like getting back to school and then also not being in school and but we um, have done a lot of TV binging this week. And Great. so I decided to stick with our good news would be that we are in love with a new Percy Jackson series. From oh, yeah. I've heard great things about it. So yeah. it is so good. So I read yeah. the books years and years and years and years ago. Both of my kids are huge fans of mm-hmm. the Percy Jackson series. We did not watch the terrible movie because my oldest child was like the movie has been panned online i refuse to i liked watch the first this. one i thought it was pretty good oh but did yeah, you it's, okay it's, yeah. all right yeah, yeah. yeah. so okay. so my overly critical child was like no we're not doing this but the series mm-hmm. was pretty well um received and so we've yeah. been watching them as they have been coming out which is something we don't tend to do we tend to be like binge watchers which is that the mm-hmm. series has to build up Mm-hmm. for us to do this so for us to like watch things as they come out means that we're pretty committed right so like <laughs> it hits and then we watch it as something to be said of bakers um but we're yeah. really digging the series like it's really good and it's pretty faithful 
to the source material, yep. according to my kids, since my memory is shot since it's been so long <laughs> since I've read these. Um, but the casting is really good. Um, mm-hmm. And the kid actors are really fantastic. And um, we just are really enjoying it. And it's like, you know, I was like a mythology buff as a kid. I don't know. Like, there's probably something to be said about like religious studies majors starting out as like, greek mythology buffs as kids um it does it does seem to be a trend yeah there is some sort of trend there but that my both my kids are have been in love with percy jackson and greek mythology for a long time so this has just been a lot of fun so we were able to catch up on that this week and then we um finally finished another series that i would recommend which is called amphibia which you can find on disney plus okay um which is adorable and it's about a teenage girl that gets sucked into a land of frogs and newts and toads which is pretty <laughs> cute but also is sort of heartrending in some ways and so we kind of in a bittersweet fashion finally finished that this week which we've been kind of watching for months off and on as we've yeah. kind of slowly been able to work it through so we finished that today and the season finale kind of ended me and I was sobbing the kids were gone oh, no. and I was like <laughs> sobbing at the end of it um <laughs> Because I think in your 40s, I saw this the other day. It was a meme on Instagram where they're like, your 40s is where you just start like crying randomly and just need tissue boxes in different rooms and places. And I was like, it is true. Like I can't even finish a kid's show. So those would be my two recommendations and my like good news is it's like TV for me this time. Yeah. So um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So what's your good news for us, John? Well, I, I'm glad you said that because then it, it fits thematically with mine because my, my good news, which I've been kind of sitting on for a while, uh, but is the the return of Doctor Who and uh, okay. pretty great. So uh, 60th anniversary, November the 23rd of this past, of this past year, uh, David Tennant returned for three hour long specials. Um, and I'm gonna, well... I'm not going to spoil it in case anybody hasn't seen it and 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 wants to or is like behind in Doctor Who or whatever. Uh, David Tennant, of course, is like the most popular, one of the longer running doctors of the revived era since post 2005. Uh, and they, I, I was a little skeptical because like I'm I I. I I, I a little like burnt out on sort of David Tennant obsession uh, in general. I love David Tennant. Don't get me wrong, but like the <laughs> preoccupation that especially Americans have with his doctor, I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. Uh, but I will say that like the bringing him back, they they pulled off something that I did not see coming and was really really rewarding and was not just an excuse to do three hours of new episodes with him and then transition to the next doctor who is uh shooty gotwa who had his first full episode on christmas day uh the first black doctor um and he is just phenomenal uh we now gotta wait until may until his actual season starts um yeah this is how like doctor who does things it does a christmas special and then like they start in the spring so uh, my children are outraged uh, <laughs> that they have to wait that long. Uh, but I, he is just so I, I've I've been watching Doctor Who my literally my entire life. Um, so you know it was on when I, I lived in England and and you know all that sort of thing. So um, yeah, since the eighties. So I've seen a lot of I've seen a lot of regenerations of actors you know stepping into the role 
uh i've never seen anybody just like step into that role as flawlessly as Shutigatwa did just like immediately you get who he is and like what his what his take on the character is and he just is going to be uh absolutely phenomenal so um yeah that's that's really cool we are uh my 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 three girls we started watching the Jodie Whittaker Doctor Who series uh several months ago probably in like september um and we watched okay. all of that and then we went back to christopher Chris reckleston and then went through all of that and then david Tennant. and now we're on the we're just about to finish the second matt smith season so at some point i think we're gonna finish all of the doctor who's before it comes back which means that'd be a good chance for us to watch percy jackson um and and squeeze it in there but like yeah we watch an episode a day basically and it's like the only thing that we watch uh because there's lots of them but um yeah uh big big thumbs up uh and also it's got disney money now so uh the bbc made a arrangement with disney where they're splitting the cost of production Hmm. um and the bbc airs it in ireland and england and i think maybe australia and then everywhere else is on disney plus um and so you can see the budgetary <laughs> difference as well. Yeah, uh, it makes the difference. It's, it's 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 uh but it doesn't like make it bad. It just like they're they're spending the money the right way. It's it's it just makes it look like cleaner and more imaginative and bigger and like it's uh it's very cool. So uh Neil Patrick Harris is in the in the third special with David Tennant. He's great. Um yeah, it's really good. So if you haven't watched it, go watch it if you're a Doctor Who person and you've been sitting on the the new specials go watch them and um yeah can't wait to see what shutigatwa does uh with with the character and where it goes so um yeah we both have tv news nerdy tv news so that's, nerdy that's, tv that's, news that's, no that's, i was like yeah it's, <laughs> it's the time of year yeah. we're like I'm going <laughs> is uh is nerdy tv stuff so anyway um all right so you you have a peloton and i do i so i broke down and finally got one yeah mm-hmm. is what happened mm-hmm. and so during the height of the pandemic i had like a regular stationary bike and i had the peloton app so i right. had like it on my tv the app and i had the like <laughs> pathetic stationary bike and I would like (laughs) pedal my way through pandemic anxiety right Mm -hmm. um by using this because I refused to pay for the bike at first and then I finally broke down in the end of 2023 and was like okay I want to do some movement I really enjoyed the stupid Peloton app I'm going to go ahead and get the bike, right? Because this will be a way for me to get some movement in, to work out some anxiety, to do this sort of thing. So I finally did this. Yes. And I hate to report, which is what I said in our last one, that the damn thing actually works for me. Yeah. <laughs> and we can talk about why this is. And I think this is really interesting um, because they're on to something about how they work. Um but they, yeah, there's something about it that works for me um, as someone who hates exercise um, mm-hmm. that I that there's something about it that they've kind of made click and that they just have adjusted um, something about the tone and the presence and the aesthetics of it 
um, that all kind of work together um, with their messaging and the structure of their workouts and these kinds of things that are just kind of appealing. But yeah, so I have one, I click in, I ride this a few times a week. I haven't been able to live up to my like do this everyday thing because that's for the birds. But like, yeah, I mean, it is kind of an interesting an interesting thing that I've brought into my life. Yeah. Um, and I think it's especially interesting considering how we're approaching it today to think about um, the religion piece of this. Or, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, I mean, it sounds like you have a healthy relationship with your Peloton. <laughs> I do. <laughs> but that they're definitely... There definitely seems to be like a trend of people who don't, um, yeah. or at least at least a kind of a stereotype. Like if you if you Google like Peloton cult, you'll just get a ton. Yeah, like those two no, words will do. give you a ton of stuff. And it comes up pretty quick in the Google search, is what I discovered yep. when I was researching for this episode. Right, like that comes up pretty quick, and it's like Peloton cult following, right, or Peloton cult, and yeah, or it and then like shows up on Reddit where people like are Pel- is Peloton a cult, right? And I was like, whoa, that happened like quickly, right? This is something that people are concerned about, um, this sort of obsession with it, or like what it's doing to people's brains in some kind of way, right? Which is usually yeah. what is signaled yeah. when people start using that language, right? As folks yeah. are worried about like what's happening um, in some kind of way, right? Because um, of how that word gets used as shorthand really quickly for like brainwashing, right? Yeah. Or um, yeah. brainlessness or something, you know, in an American yeah. parlance. Um, but yeah, no, it, it was really surprising to me how quickly <laughs> the tide turned in the Google search. Um, for this. Yeah. Um, and I think it's part of it is like the sheer popularity of the thing, uh, that happened during the height of the pandemic, right. When people couldn't go out and needed some way to work out and Peloton just had that kind of package, right. Where you can have the bike or the treadmill, that you know the treadmill that then got recalled but like um (laughs) that you could have this sort of thing delivered to your home and that you could be like in a class right instantly um and have some sort of participation in a community right with um so i don't know how much of our listeners know about this so should i talk about how this works yeah because that's like i think that's that's i think that's a thing people don't understand is like what makes peloton different from anything else so yeah so it's a bike that has a tablet attached to it it's kind of the first thing to know and it's a spin bike um and so spin bike i don't know how many people know this right but it's just a stationary bike that's a little bit more extra is what i would call it right (laughs) it has a spin wheel attached yeah Uh it's it's a smoother ride it's more advanced um (laughs) You usually have to have special shoes so you can hop up out of the saddle to like really ride if you're going to do that. If you're more advanced than I am, I'm not there yet. Um, You know, uh, so it's just, first of all, it's a nicer stationary bike. It has a tablet attached. You have access to classes online um, that are scheduled classes. So you can actually do a live class with Peloton instructors if you want to, or you can have access to their library. And then you can have access to their instructors classes that happen all the time, right? And this library 
has a history. And so I kind of have been working through the history of classes of like favored instructors. So I just Mm -hmm. kind of go through and find classes that I like. Um, The classes are broken down either by instructor or you can look through like genre of music if you want to, or by type of fitness class, this kind of thing. Right. So part of what makes this appealing is the instructor that you have in front of you has like a personality type Right. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that um, is kind of interesting about this is each of them has their own kind of style. Right. So one of my favorite instructors um, is really encouraging. She's really good about not focusing on like the time that you have left in class, but is really good about being positive about like, this is where you are in your workout. This is where you are in your journey. Now this sounds really corny. I need this. Like, you don't understand how much I need this, Sure. but like, you know, like this is where you are in your journey. We're just so glad you showed up. Right. Like just super positive. Right. So super positive instructor is what I need right now to actually like go through this, right? (laughs) So that's sort of where I am. There are other instructors that are like more like tough love type instructors, right? These kinds of things. So each of them has like a persona attached to them in some kind of way. Um, But so the bike gives you all kinds of data too about your workout. So not only are you watching this person and this person is leading you through the workout, but you also kind of have all kinds of data about like where you are on a leaderboard, like who you're competing against, right? At the same time and Mm -hmm. where you are in the class, right? About like information about your calories, of course, is there and available information about like your output based on like resistance versus like speed, these kinds of things. So stuff that's like really data driven is also there if you're Mm -hmm. the kind of person that's interested in that kind of stuff, right? But I think what makes it work is that all of this stuff kind of combined in a package. Um, they really made it aesthetically pleasing. Like the app is really beautiful. It's easy to navigate. Stuff looks really good. Um, the classes look really nice online, which is kind of interesting because it's like you looking at a person the whole time. <laughs> right, right. As right. they're like yeah. leading you through this, right? Because the classes yep. are empty. It's not like you have... There are other like cyclists in the classroom next right? to you. Yeah, next to you. <laughs> you put right? a smartphone to your left um, and to your right, and like exactly. Either side. Kind of. That's not happening, right? You know, it's mm-hmm. just you and the instructor. Um, but I think it's that like sort of intimacy that they're trying to build there that they're really good at. That they have instructors that are really good at being conversational and who are able to sort of talk to you and lead this conversation, and right? love bomb. Them, like, and yeah, and do this kind of thing, um, yeah. which is a talent, right? To, because yeah. they're just talking to a screen or a camera, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. It's kind of odd, um, but they tend to be pretty good at this in some kind of way. Um, At least all the instructors that I've done rides with are really good at this. Um, So it's interesting to see that and experience that in some kind of way and see the different like styles of this, right? Um, There are some instructors that are spiritual about it. And those are the classes that I can't really handle, 
Yeah. <laughs> like, does it work for me? Right. Well, I think that's where you start to get into the real like cult territory, yeah. right? It's like that that like, sort of thing. It's kind of interesting, like, right? Yeah. 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 Um, like new age wellnessy grifty yeah. weirdness. Yeah. 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 So there it starts to get kind of kind of odd, right? Yeah. About some of this stuff. Um and so yeah, it's it's intriguing the way that they're able to build this environment through the screen towards yeah. the user, I think. Um, and the way that they've been able to do that, right. And create something appealing just to, to you at your home. Right. Like, because I'm not, I don't want to go to a <laughs> class at a gym. <laughs> I mean, and I think that they know that, right? Like they know that there are people that just are not going to go to a spin class at a gym, yeah. right? Like they're just are not going to want to do that, right? In some kind of way. Um, partially because I don't want somebody to see me dying on the spin bike, right? <laughs> Which is what I'm currently still doing is dying right. on the spin bike as I'm sure. doing this. Um, huffing and puffing, right? Um, and singing along with the music, because this is the thing that I'm also doing, is picking this music. Um, so, yeah, um, I don't I don't want anybody to see me doing this, right? Um, this is not anybody's business but my own. And now all of our listeners who know that I... <laughs> yep. <laughs> they're not along. seeing it. That's, that's yeah. the important part. They're not part. seeing it, right? They're yeah. not seeing it. Um, yeah, periodically my kids and my partner see it, but it's like, please just leave me to do this <laughs> on my own. Um, but yeah, so there's something about what they've created is kind of intriguing that yeah. they've been able to manage this and have been so successful and have millions of users, right, that participate in this still, even after the sort of lockdown of the pandemic was over where people were still so sequestered and isolated, right. That people yep. have continued this. Now they did have a drop, right. But they still. Right. Right. Um, After the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they still have folks that are like me buying <laughs> Peloton bikes for their home. Right. Or using this, um, and participating. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think like, to 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 not to talk about peloton in a very serious way without getting into like the judginess of like cult or like you know the the sort of um red flags surrounding that word right that like it's pretty easy to see at least how this fills kind of a void of like religion for people in some ways in that i think there's a couple of like really key elements that you kind of brought up there that that sort of make it make sense i mean first of all like when you look at the rise of peloton in the context of the pandemic when people like can't go out they can't go to exercise right. they can't go to church like they don't have access to a community they are stir crazy they do want to like move around right and they're like stuck in their homes and you have this like thing that is in some ways like a measure of salvation right at least on that yeah on those like very real and very like immediate needs that people have and then like when i when i think about what you said about the relationship like with the teacher or trainer like when you're at a gym and you're at a spin class you know the the teacher is talking to everybody like you are aware there's other people there and somehow like when when it's just you and the screen 
like it becomes kind of almost like more intimate. So, yeah. so I, I, I can see how like, you know, in a weird way that a person would develop not only like, are they having some very important needs fulfilled, but with all those things in mind, and and the way that these very immediate needs are being met, like y- you can see how there's elements of it that are filling a kind of religious need, right? And that that there are there's overlap there, like with, you know, authentically, like with religion, uh, that that makes people have this kind of almost religious um, dedication, right to to doing their Peloton, or I don't even know what the vernacular is for it <laughs> if it has its own jargon That's sure um, you know i don't i'm not i'm not sure i feel like doing the peloton would be probably fair right <laughs> um i don't know i'm not yeah. hip to the the jargon either um with this but i mean i think i i mean i agree with you here because i think that that's part of what works here is that then you're more committed, right? Like right, then right. you want to be committed, right? You want to do the rides. You want to do the rides with particular instructors. You want the ritual of this, right? I mean, and that's kind of the part that's interesting to me about this is the ritual of even how the rides are set up, right? And the way mm-hmm. the like the rhythm of them and the way that the instructors like set them up and the way that they talk to you and like the patterns of them, right, are very ritualistic. And I mean, and that just kind of makes sense that they would be that way, Um, partially just from the practicality of the way that the workout has to go, but also to my religious studies brain where it's like, yeah, of course it would have this kind of pattern that you would be used to that gets your body and your brain right in like this space where you participate and this is how you know that you're gonna it's gonna work right mm-hmm. um and it's just feels sort of dirt kymian <laughs> right <laughs> where it's like it just kind of does you know yeah. um yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm th- i'm in it right like i'm not like i mean it's one of those things where it's like i'm huffing and puffing on the bike and i'm like oh it's kind of interesting but like still doing it right um yeah <laughs> so um So I think that there's a way in which it just, it really does. And I think that it's really serious and that it works, you know, um, and is effective. Um, So I can understand like the religion piece of it in the way that a lot of fitness and exercise has that, right? I can remember how a few years ago there was all this concern over like CrossFit. You remember, do you remember this? Like where oh, everyone was talking yeah, yeah. about like CrossFit, right? And they're like, oh, is CrossFit church, right? Is it religion, right? Is it yeah. a cult, right? Is it this sort yeah. of thing? Because everyone was doing, I felt like everyone was doing CrossFit, right? Where they were jumping on boxes or jumping off of boxes or they're lifting heavy tires or doing whatever you do in CrossFit, right? Um, mm-hmm. But that seemed to be what I was seeing and seeing a lot of people in their the t-shirts, right? Or talking about their CrossFit groups, right, that were often held with people who were in church groups together, you know, I mean, so it was this kind of interesting, like, um, kind of intermesh of interest there um, Mm -hmm. that were playing out. But yeah, I was, I was looking today because I was reading um, 
a piece um, from Wendy Robinson, who is a friend of mine, and she actually had a really interesting piece about being a fat person doing Peloton and about the lack of representation of fat people at Peloton, right? And about the kind of ideal Peloton body, right, of their particular fitness instructors. But one of the things- Well, of course, there was also that that famous commercial of the woman who was like, this year, and then it's like, she's the same. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Look it up. Kids. Yeah, that they got in trouble famous, over. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, very famous. But she was talking about like you know like the Peloton leggings and t-shirts and like branding, right? Yeah. And the like the particular Peloton look. And so I was looking today at like the Peloton gear, right? And thinking about like just like the merchandising piece of it too, right? About like the immersion in Peloton. About like I, you know, I have the Peloton water bottle because. I guess I couldn't have another water bottle <laughs> to go on no. the Peloton bike, yeah, right? It, it has to be the Peloton water bottle. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> just thinking about like that piece of it too, right? Like, I mean, like the kind of the system of it, right? Um, that you're in um, where I was like, oh, let me go look today. I was like, let me look at the Peloton leggings or the Peloton mm-hmm. shirts, right? And then I decided that they were too expensive for me and I was out. But like, you know, just that sort of the, the other piece of it, right? Where it's like, oh, yeah. yeah, like to participate in the system, right? Like what other participation and the brand loyalty, right? As a yep. piece of it too that I thought yep. was kind of fascinating, right? Yep. About how yep. loyal people are to Peloton um, too um, in this. And I was like, oh, it's really intriguing, <laughs> right? Am I, am I in a cult? Yeah. <laughs> Right, like, <laughs> did this slip by me and I didn't know it? Perhaps. Well, um, you, you, know. you bring up you bring up CrossFit, and that's actually that's one of the things that. Um, so I this, there's an interview from uh, in the New York Post. Uh, not that I'm endorsing the New York Post here, but it was an interesting interview um, with uh, Amanda Montel, who who wrote. Uh, she's a linguist, and and she wrote a book uh, recently called "Cultish: The Language of Fanaticism." Um, and the title of the piece is "Book Describes How Trendy Fitness Studios Use Cult-Like Tactics to Attract Followers," written by an incredibly named uh, Lambeth Hawkwald, which is just f- like five stars on that name. Uh, incredible, incredible name. Uh, anyway, so this uh, this piece, she says, um, so she mentions um, among other things uh, CrossFit, but also SoulCycle. Uh, and, and she says, uh, specialized jargon works to convert you, to love bomb you, to make you feel special, um, which I guess is true of like the water bottles as well. At SoulCycle, for example, everyone <laughs> knows that roosters take the 6 a.m. class, noon on Monday is when you sign up for classes, and tap backs are a signature hip pulse you make on the bike. Uh, and then she goes on to say, like, while it's really important to not be sensational and equate a workout with a cultish group like Jonestown, it's equally important to be aware that the goal of fitness companies is to create solidarity, transcendence, elitism for insiders, and a compelling experience that feels like more than just a workout. Um, which I think is like, I think that's interesting. I also think so. So. I was thinking about like what's not true about that about like any product or any brand, right? Right, like isn't that sort of you know the the modern, uh, the modern sort of branding corporate uh, approach? And I again like I think what's different in in sort of trying to suss out why 
it does something kind of different to the brain when it comes to exercise or like physical fitness is that it is something that our culture is like deeply obsessed with right. uh, in an almost religious way. Just culturally, we're obsessed with like being in shape and 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 working out, yep. even though we're also like culturally really terrible at it at the same time, which is maybe part of the reason why. So it's just like great cultural need. There's a lot of like social credit that is that is associated with like being in good shape and exercising and going to the gym and all that sort of thing. And like, there's also, there's also a a physiological effect that happens with exercising. That's very similar to like what happens when you meditate and pray there, there is a, um, an actual transcendence that occurs in the brain when you have like runner's high or, or, or whatever it is. Right. And so I think that element as well, that like when you exercise, there are things that go on sort of inside your body that are actually very much connected to the same kind of fulfillment that people get with religious transcendence that I think is probably also one of the things that kind of factors into this phenomenon of, of kind of these these workout cults. Yeah, no, I mean, it's interesting to think about the way in which the bodilyness of it matters, right? Um, so that what you're saying is true, right? That we have this obsession already about fitness. We already have this like concern about certain ideal bodies, right? Mm-hmm. There's already all this stuff baked in about fat phobia that's also kind of a piece of this that is so important when we're talking about like January and New Year's resolutions and um, all these (laughs) other sorts of pieces of this, right? Um, And so um, it is interesting when we talk about fitness, about like what it's actually doing to the brain too, right? That I think is a kind of interesting piece here that you're talking about, like what other things that happen in religion are doing similar things to brain, I think is a really good point. Um, yeah. And really fascinating, right. About like that. I mean, it's that threshold point that I always have to get to when I'm doing anything with movement where it's like, Oh, when does this actually start to feel good? <laughs> right. Like, you know, that sort of piece, <laughs> right. That's like, when is this actually no longer something that I hate, right? That this is actually something that made me feel better about like, when do I get to the transcend- transcendental like, part of transcendental meditation? Right? Like, like, when do I actually get to when this? Start getting, right? Stop being boring. In some kind of way. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Instead of being so terrible that I can't believe that I forced myself to do this right? Um, in some kind of way. And so I think that that's um, a really interesting point to make and a piece of this that's so important. Um, and I think that it's the, the religion piece too of it that is kind of interesting is to think about like how religious movements have also viewed bodies, right? Like the long history of like thinking about things like fasting, right. Or thinking about things about movement, right. And what kind of movement mattered. Um, you know, I think a lot about like long histories of like muscular Christianity, right. Where Mm, it's like, mm -hmm. you know, or the, the t-shirts about like God's gym, right. You know, where it's like, you know, bodies and muscles and these sorts of things, um, that get tied into this, right. And communities about that. So, I mean, so part of me is like curious about like, are there like 
Christian communities around Peloton? Like, it's a question I don't have an answer to, right? But I mean, it's yep. kind of cute. Like when you think about other communities around Peloton, right? And um, like groups of people that are involved in this, right? And there are different like groupings of people that like have these affinity groups around Peloton, right? Who have kind of identified themselves, right? Um, who join up together to not that they ride together, but just have these kind of affinity groups, right? And compete on leaderboards against each other, have hashtags, right? Do these mm-hmm. kinds of things that they can do in Peloton to do this. Um, so it's just kind of curious to me, right? Like if you find that kind of stuff too. Um, so if our listeners know about stuff like that, let us know. That would be kind of cool. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just don't know uh, one way or another. Um, but it's just so clear that there's something going on here that, um, as Anne Helen Peterson says, who runs this great newsletter called Culture Study, she has um, an article called um, Towards a Unified Theory of Peloton, that it's just so much more than a bike, right? That She's like, this is so much more than a bike because yep. that there's things going on here that that it's more than an exercise fad, that it's more than just fitness, right? That it's relationships, that it's branding, that it's like all this kind of complicated ideological work that's happening here, that it's celebrity culture with the fitness influencers who are also your coaches and trainers and all these other kinds of things that we could also see as charisma within a religious context, right? Um, Yeah. It's happening here too, you know, Um, but it's really kind of fascinating and um, and it's weird too (laughs) for me. Um, to be a part of something like this, right? Yeah, um, yeah, you know, yeah. Um, and be like, oh, okay, because <laughs> I'm not really a joiner. Well, because it's like, instances. is it is it Scientology or is it Christianity? Like, is it the sort of thing <laughs> where there's a cult version of it? And if you go a certain, like, if you if you take the spiritual Peloton classes, you're probably going to go down that avenue a little bit more. Or is it a place where you can like be, you know, a sort of a, a a regular Sunday person at a mainline church, and it's all just sort of very sort of harmless and fulfilling and everything else? And that sort of sounds like what your relationship to Peloton is. Like you're, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're you're yeah. into it and you do it and you, but it's not. It doesn't become your whole identity and your whole obsession right. and right. something that like spiritually fulfills you and becomes something where like you feel like that you should be punished for like not doing you know you know that sort of thing like you feel guilt and like and remorse around like missing a class or something as as we kind of hear you know certain people sort of take it to that extreme so I wonder if that's you know if if that's kind of what's going on there like there's a version of this that it could send you down into like the cult rabbit hole if you are so inclined. Um, right. But there's also a kind of like almost healthy religiosity around it that like, yeah, get yeah. someone like you who like isn't inclined necessarily to like do this kind of thing. Right. <laughs> right. But like s- somehow it worked and somehow like got you on board and, and, yeah. you know, yeah. No, my my partner today was like, "Did you get on the bike?" And I was like, "No, I didn't." You know, and he's like, "You okay with that?" And I'm like, 
apostate. Fine. <laughs> you know, I was like, it's cool, man. Like, it's all right. Yeah. It's like, I missed a day. It'll be okay. Right. Like, yeah. it's not going to be, you know, some sort of epic fail or the end of the world or something like that. Right. That I didn't yep. like clip in and get a ride in today. Um, but yeah, no, it's just kind of a, it was kind of a cute exchange because it was just one of those things where it's like, I'm not going to beat myself up about this. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, this is not the thing. And I think that, um, at least with the instructors that I'm riding with, that that's not the tone that they set, right? And I can't speak for all the instructors that Peloton has, but at least the instructors that appeal to me, it's one of those things where it's just like, what are your goals, right? Like, what are you trying to do? Like, how are you trying to handle, which is a healthier relationship to movement, right? And exercise and these kinds of things, right? Instead of... Um, a very punitive, like you have to be there and you have to be doing this all the time. And this has to be your kind of ultimate focus. Right. And that you Mm -hmm. should feel really shitty. Right. If you didn't show up and instead they're just like, how great is it that you're here? And I'm like, how great is it that I am here? Like, that is amazing. (laughs) You're right. (laughs) This is terrific that I'm here today. Look at me. (laughs) Look at me. This is amazing. Um, Like I said, it's very corny, the type of (laughs) instructor that I have to deal with. But like, um, but that's okay, you know, Um, but that vibe is very much the vibe that uh, I have to have. And, you know, if there's anybody else, it's going to be one of those things where I'm going to be like, nope, not this ride, right? Like, Mm -hmm. this is not going to work for me, you know, in some kind of way. But that, you know, it's the sort of options i think that you have too that make it interesting yeah you got a Um, pastor who works for you like yeah that's exactly right like (laughs) that you can scroll through until you find one yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean that's the other thing i thought of immediately was like it's it's as though it's as though someone could just like select a pastor like if if we're talking about it in terms of church like imagine well, that would be like that you could just be like, oh, this is the guy I want, you know, to 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 yep. you know run the service for me on Sundays. Um, well, and you can see a preview of the class too, yeah. right? Where you can like click a preview and hear the music and you can like yeah. check out the instructor. And, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. There have been a couple that I've been like, oh, not that one. No, yeah, not yeah. quite, you know. Yeah. Um, can you imagine though, like you being able to like swipe through, like the yeah, that's, that's what we need, <laughs> right? Like different Much fire and brimstone here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. Like, I'm just not gonna do that this one. I won't stop nope. talking about Trump. And yeah. like, nope, not that one either. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you're mm-hmm. like, you're like, why is there an American flag over that altar? Maybe not that <laughs> one either, right? Like <laughs> <laughs> oh man so what's some of the other research that you that you that you came across so um so with the Anne helen peterson one yeah. one of the kind of interesting things to me about it is that she talks a lot about the way in which part of what works about peloton is the parasocial relationships which is i mm. think part of what we're talking about here mm-hmm. right um about pick your pastor or pick your um pick your instructor right and the sort of way this your guru you know um that you have an instructor that you have this kind of sense of intimacy with right because it's you and the screen and this sort of thing but one of the things that she points out too is the way in which 
they build their brand via Instagram, which is kind of intriguing, so that you can follow your instructors via Instagram and interact right. with them there. And that they're answering like DMs from people that are doing rides with them and this other kind of thing. Um, so I'm not following anyone on Instagram. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm not. Um, but the sort of celebrity culture of it too, right? To have yeah. like Instagram images, to have like this additional like community following this kind of thing, I thought was really sort of fascinating, right? Yeah. Like where you're building a following and having like this, like an additional public persona, you know, like a bigger one um, and a brand um, so that there's like a larger impact, a larger audience, right? Um, mm-hmm. But also a larger reach. Um, and again, that kind of assumption of a relationship, right? That you can DM somebody and that they're going to respond maybe to you, you know, that you can leave a comment on something that they have and they might respond to your comment or like it, right? Or something like this. Yeah. Um, that yeah. you could instantly get off a ride and then come and comment on their Instagram post, yeah. right? Like this sort yeah. of thing. Um, it's kind of wild to me, right? Um, you know, but this like the connectedness of that or the assum- the assumption of connectedness, I think, is really fascinating. Um, and the way our digital world allows that um to happen yeah in a way i didn't i didn't even really know that part of it and and that that like that's that's really kind of telling that that there's that you develop a kind of um much more complex even if it is sort of a digital remote whatever removed relationship like parasocial as you say right um that that the level of like accountability because you sort of develop this idea that you like know this person and this like story and this narrative of this person like outside of that that experience um again like that does feel very much like a i don't want to say religion tactic but like part of what makes religion happen that you start building these connections you start building these like senses of responsibility to another person or to other people that you know even if even if you kind of know in your heart you're not really into it anymore now you feel like you you are you are responsible (laughs) to like yeah a person in a community and and i think that that's probably part of what's going on here too yeah no i mean and i think it does make you feel like it's more than just riding on a bike, right? Like that now you have to show up for that ride because you're part of this larger Peloton community, right? And you're supposed to be there for each other, you know? And one of the things that's kind of interesting about this too is like they encourage you to like give high fives during rides. Yeah. So it'll pop up on your screen that it's like, this is someone's first ride. So you give them a high five, right? (laughs) A virtual high five? Yeah. A virtual high five, right? You know, or this is somebody's like 25th ride and you can give them a high five. Which is both like encouraging, but also sort of, like weirdly gaslighting like i I don't know there's like it's it's somewhere between encouraging people and also like shaming them into you know into into groupthink i don't don't know yeah no it's weird it's weird i still give the high fives because i feel guilty so this is like interesting right like i I feel guilty (laughs) 
if I don't give the high fives. Because I like, was specifically like, cite guilt as why you do this <laughs> yeah, thing. Like that's. <laughs> I'm like, what if no one high fives them and it's their first ride? Like, come yeah. on, right? Yeah. yeah, no, it preys on your emotions a little bit there. Yeah. So I, anyway, I, I do think like there's a story emerging that. And, and there's, I, I'm going to cite a couple of examples. I'm actually going to relate this to something kind of unrelated, but I think I've seen recently and is really fascinating. But so this idea of like fitness cults, first of all, I think it's not that far fetched. If you look at the way that like wellness culture, especially like new age wellness culture, right. And, and sort of cultish and, and actual cults like have, have overlapped um, that there's, you know, there's, conspiracism and far right uh overlap with like wellness culture and cult and 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 all that sort of thing um that is well documented and like there's plenty of research and all that sort of thing about that um so i came across this article from wired in 2016 um called fitness isn't a lifestyle anymore sometimes it's a cult november project is more than a fitness program it's a commitment an identity a cult uh, it's by someone named Megan Brown. It was published on June 30th, 2016. Um, and I'm going to read just a real couple quick ex- excerpts here. So what she says is, uh, what distinguishes November Project is not just the fact that it's free. Uh, just as instructors aren't paid, members don't pay. But the degree to which it actually is a social identity. The movement extends beyond exercising to encompass rituals and customs, social expectations, and repercussions for failing to participate. That's right. If you skip a November Project workout, you're not out any cash, but the fallout is arguably more severe. You're, well, shamed. Online. It's weird. Spoiler, not a lot of people miss workouts. Teixeira calls it, quote, an absolute feast for someone studying motivation for exercise. One member compared November Project to a church. More commonly, people refer to it as a cult. Never in the pejorative, I'm trapped and I can't escape sense, though more like this is the greatest tasting Kool-Aid in the world. Um, Yeah, so it's this group, It like, I think in San Francisco, I can't remember the exact um, place, but it's this group who, like, have these like daily workout meetings and they all do it together and it's free and there's people who are like i don't know how it sort of all works but people get really obsessed with it and there's community there's ritual there's like accountability it's free like but but it's also it's also like emotionally not free and and like I can see certainly if it's not a cult, right? I can see the path where someone can manipulate it to become one, right? In other words, like the stuff is, is the, 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 the groundwork is laid whereby if somebody were to come in and like take authority <laughs> and start demanding things of people, like you can kind of see how it could easily escalate into that. Um, but I think it's important to like draw the distinction between like, people who approach things and engage in behaviors that are very similar to like cult-like behaviors or sort of, you know, religious zealotry, which kind of what this sounds like versus a, a person at the top who then eventually manipulates people to like do what, do what they want them to do, which is typically kind of what, um, what separates like a cult from just a, weirdly fanatic group like this one but i think what's interesting about it is that you can see where that would happen like you can see how this could go to that 
that that next place. H- have you seen or do you know anything about the the twin fires or the twin twin flames uh, thing and, and the documentary about it on Netflix? No, I don't. So this is why I've been thinking about this, right? Because I think this is so fascinating. Uh, I'm going to try and summarize what this is. It's this it's this husband and wife couple neither of whom are especially charismatic. The husband who is probably now in his early 30s, right? Like this really young guy, these two like weird new age spirituality weirdos who like meet each other and get married and then start this absolute grift called Twin Flames. And basically the promise that they make is like, there is one person for you in the world. It's the person who you've had like the messiest, most toxic relationship with, but like can't get over. Like that's actually your twin flame. And if you use their techniques, like you'll finally win that person. Or like if you haven't met that person yet, they're going to help you find that person. And what's fascinating about it is like the way that it starts, there's like no religion whatsoever. It's all online. They all meet on Zoom, right? Like, most of the people for most of the course of this thing had never like met in person. Uh, but I, I'm not going to spoil it. It goes into really dark places and like some of the behaviors and things that they end up forcing their adherents to do are in, like shocking uh, beyond, beyond the imagination. And I, like to that <laughs> seems to defy most of the things that we tend to think about cults. Which is like, you don't really, this guy is not charismatic. He's the most punchable person you've ever seen in your entire life, right? Like, he is, okay. he is a little, like, smarmy little, little shit. And, and there's just nothing about him that's like, you, you could be like, oh, I could see why you would fall enamored with that guy. So that element's not there. There's no real religion, at least at first. They start getting religion-y later on when they feel like they need to. Um, but but it starts with with nothing really religious. There's nothing in person. It's all online. And it just feels like it kind of defies what we assume about cults and what we assume about like what people are really looking for and like why... Or I guess like why religion is a good angle for cults, but it's not the only one. Like like there are other things that you can do to manipulate people. And I think what we see between like these fitness cults and these like find your soulmate cult is this thing of like this feeling of like loneliness and isolation and like you know, wanting to be in better shape and these very deep desires that we tend to write off as kind of superficial, but I think they actually probably aren't, right? That there's probably something far deeper um, that's that's being sort of uh, addressed there. But yeah, I was I was I was just really kind of shocked by it. This this like really, and even with something like um, um, what's the um. Oh man, what's the, what was the big one a few years ago that the big HBO documentary was about the 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 weird like the the Keith Raniere thing the weird sex cult? Um, do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, I know what you're talking about, and I can't. And, and like that was just self help bullshit too. Like there was nothing really like religiony about that either, right? Like it's 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 weird. I I think that that it's we're starting to see with people being less inclined to seek the religion part of it. A, a kind of a more interesting revelation about what exactly 
drives people to cults that it may not actually be a religious impulse at all um it may be something that's just like a cultural pressure um that is that is like missing or that they can't like connect with um and so you know exercise kind of makes kind of makes a lot of sense nexium that's the that's the that's that's the, that's what i'm thinking of um yeah i was like i couldn't remember i could not remember to save my life <laughs> <laughs> Next year with a V, because of course, because you know it's got. I could remember the V part of it. I just couldn't remember. (laughs) It's like letters. There are letters. I just can't remember what it's called. But yeah, if you can get through the Twin Flames documentary, it is like really, it's it's almost unbearable. But it's really fascinating, and um, and yeah, I think it's it sort of says a lot about kind of what's going on here. So yeah, I wonder if the approach should be something about what's existential. Right, that's leading people to join in movements or to think about these movements or to motivate them, right? Instead of some sort of religious impulse, right? Um, yeah. So something there about existence instead of a religious impulse um, that we maybe are looking for generally because it's religious studies scholars that are paying attention to this but you know yeah uh, or i guess i mean maybe we need to broaden out what the what we mean when we say the religious impulse (laughs) right like um which i think is you know a really interesting area of study as well um because I, i think that we for a very long time have been very fixated on the idea that it is somehow a search for you know what people like you know Paul Tillich would call like ultimate reality right the ground right. being yeah. whatever um and I wonder if it's not I, like I, <laughs> I wonder if that <laughs> do you know what I mean if that like yeah. if that assumption is sort of overblown that that um when people used to say you know I watch that show religiously like maybe there's actually more to it you know maybe there's more to that saying than um than just sort of hyperbole. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I think when when people are talking about how they exercise religiously, I think that there's something going on there yeah. about what they're saying that yeah. we have to pay attention to, right? Um, that there's something more about it that's more than devotion, right? Yeah. Which I think is part of what they're signaling, but there's still additional things that are happening there that we can still kind of tease out and pay attention to that we're missing if we just kind of take it at face value, but there, there are other pieces. Um, yeah. To it. Yeah. So, and as far as I know, like, I don't think anybody has committed any like mass murders in the name of Peloton. Right. Like, I, I don't think that's, yeah, I don't think so. That's happened yet. No, um, I don't think so. The the one Sex in the City character died, but he sucked anyway, right? So like, that was a thing. Do I have that right? Am I? Is, is this? I don't know. I don't know what a, you're talking about. Is this about. a proper understanding yeah. of popular culture? So like, uh, okay. So the new Sex in the City show, like the 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 sequel show, right? Okay. Where where they're all okay. old or whatever. Uh, uh-huh. Okay. Pretty sure. That the character played by <gasps> I forgot Chris about Loaf, this, right? Yes, died I on a Peloton. Forgot- <laughs> I think you're right. I think I forgot about this. 
And then like there was a <gasps> oh lot of backlash gosh. the next day or whatever. But then it also turned out that Chris yeah. Noth was like a serial sexual predator. And then like, um, and then people were like, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, yeah, right. But I think oh, that's. Man. I I think, I that think that's accurate, maybe. <laughs> or you and I are just like. But I I want to vaguely recall something about this. But again, yeah. this is one of those shows that I didn't watch. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I I do think that's an important thing. Is that like when you know we 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 talk about this and we talk about cults or whatever, and like you know the the thing that we worry about when it comes to um, cults is like harm, right? I mean, it it is it is like yeah. are people being damaged? Are people's lives being ruined? Right. I don't like maybe people can like write in and tell us the story that like Peloton ruined their lives. Like I, I don't I don't I haven't heard it. I don't think it's it, it yeah. hasn't really been a big there's not been a lot of coverage about that. Um, right. And I don't think anybody's like, again, gone out and like murdered anybody because their instructor told them to. Um, I'm not saying that's outside of the realm of possibility entirely. But I think until until that happens, um, we also need to really consider that that element of like when we when we look at um what turns kind of these like new religious movements or new ways of thinking about religion into harmful cults like it tends to be once like people start getting killed or hurt right and as far as i know um aside from maybe a few people who like went too hard and maybe had a heart attack or something i i I don't think that peloton has a has a high body count um yeah, I no, probably, I don't think so either. Yeah, that, that that probably matters. So, right, right, and I and I think it's just I think it's kind of interesting how um, quickly that term cult gets used with these fitness groups. Like how quickly that kind of gets associated with these groups, and yeah. what that says about how we feel about fitness, right, or yeah. about popular fitness. Um, and the kind of assumption that people get pulled into these fads and what that says about people, where people are or people's ability to discern from themselves, what, like what they can do, you know, um, mm-hmm. it's kind of interesting to me, like how often that that happens, right? Like with something like CrossFit or something like Peloton, like that, that's a term that gets thrown around, like just very quickly right where it's like oh is it a cult right and it's like oh why why, like why is that where the brain you know like like, why does that happen in some kind of way you know um where does that come from that impulse to be like fitness is like this um not that i'm saying that fitness (laughs) doesn't bear some markers but just like it's interesting to me that that's one of the things that happens there is that folks are like oh there's something about fitness that signals this and it's like yeah okay yeah yeah Yeah. and i think taking it taking it even a more even more generous view of like the outsider i think there's something about like people see other people engaging in a behavior in big numbers that they don't understand and like the a lot of people are like that must be a cult (laughs) yeah they they must right all these people pedaling away right must be what's going on here why do they all have the same water bottle (laughs) what the fuck's going on Oh, uh, oh my goodness yeah well, no, that must be what it is right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right well any last thoughts on this before we before we wrap up here uh, no i don't think so i do uh, appreciate that you said that i'm mainline 
Peloton <laughs> user, so I'm gonna hold on to that one. <laughs> I, not to not to continue the um the the cycling theme. I think we've kind of like gone around in circles here, but I I, I like in a good way though. I, I think there's 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 a lot to mine here. Um, there's a yep. lot of uh academic potential so if anybody is uh wondering what to do their doctorate on um, yeah no this could be a fun dissertation i think it really um, could <laughs> it really could um i don't know that a grad student would want to like pedal their way through it but you uh, know, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah what's the research on that exactly like yeah yeah, yeah i know um, <laughs> pedal your way to but, a phd <laughs> with peloton pedal that's right <laughs> Tagline. Peace and Peloton. <laughs>